What is going on, Ball Boy Blog Podcast? Hope you guys are doing super well today. This is myself, Jewel. You can call me Jay, the creator. Great to be with you on this Friday. Still kind of trying to figure out a decent recording schedule um, for myself, what days we're going to record, what days we're going to publish. Uh, so bear with me as we struggle through that. But again, welcome in, welcome in through on this Friday, Game 3 on Slate Tonight, World Series, Dodgers Rays, if you haven't been keeping up, the two best teams in baseball this season, squaring off for the championship. It's been great. We'll get into that shortly. But first, uh, check me out on social media. On the homepage of the website, you can find me on Twitter at BallBoyBlog2021, on Facebook at BallBoyBlog or on Instagram at the Ballboy Blog. And of course, the website works at theballboyblog.com or ballboyblog.com. So thanks, ball, boy, ball boys and girls and lads and ladies and gents. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Without further ado, let's jump over. Let's slide on into what we've seen so far in Game 1 and 2 of the World Series. That was a beautiful transition there. Thank you to Anchor for being the best podcasting platform. Seriously awesome. I am hooked up to seven different sites now. I wish I could even name them all. There's a lot. But regardless, let's get into what we were talking about for the World Series. So game one, we saw the Dodgers take that one after them just hitting the snot out of Tyler Glass now for six. And ended up winning that one, taking game one uh, on the back of Clayton Kershaw. In game two, we saw Tony Gonsolin go for the Dodgers as an opener. This was really weird because Tony Gonsolin does have plenty of experience as a starting pitcher. So why they went with the bullpen strategy for game two and kind of gassed them before the day off makes sense because they have Thursday off. So you can kind of see why they did it. Um, and they were going against Blake Snell, recent Cy Young Award winner for the Tampa Bay Rays. This dude is fantastic, and he looked the part of a Cy Young winner. Four and two-thirds inning pitch, two earned runs, and while giving up only two walks, and getting nine strikeouts. When you do that, you set your team up for success, especially when your guys give you a first-inning home run by Brad and Lau, a fourth-inning two-run double by Wendell, And then another home run by Lau in the sixth to give you a 5-0 lead. Brandon Lowe, he did reach out to his alma mater, to his support system, and say, what the heck is going wrong? They gave him some tips, gave him some advice, and we saw it turn into something else. I think we're seeing the 2020 sweetheart of of the MLB World Series. I really think so. I think Brandon Lau, him putting it together, the faith that the, the Rays have, they're not putting anyone out there that they do not believe in. And so Lau, Low, however you say it, is in a great position to help this team win. He's a key contributor. And then all the bullpen did was give up a solo shot in the sixth and the eighth. And then you have Diego Castilla come on for the last out, throw three pitches for the save, game over. Series is tied 1-1, Rays won 6-4. 
game three tonight, Friday, we have Charlie Morton, a.k.a. Clutch Charlie. I think I might be the only one calling him that, against Walker Buehler for the Dodgers. And then for the next for, – for game four, five, six, and seven, the Dodgers have already announced who they're going with, and they are confident. Uh, Julio Urias game, Urias, game four, he showed really well in that clinching game seven of the NLCS. Clayton Kershaw, of course, for game five on the uh, three days rest, plus an extra day off. So smart. I think there will also be another day off between games four and five. And then the bullpen with an opener. I can see Dustin May getting the nod in this one to start, depending on how they use them over the next couple games. And then if needed in game seven, which I, I think will be needed, we'll see Walker Buehler go for, go again for them. So, so far, World Series shaping up 1-1. We're seeing the team that gets out to the early lead win the game. So whoever can take advantage of the other team's really good starting pitching more than likely is not, in my opinion, to win that game. So whoever gets out to a lead in game three is going to win game three. So on for game four and game five and six and seven as those ones are needed. So stay tuned. Keep watching this pitching. Whoever struggles, the bullpens are too good to give back up the lead, no matter which team we're talking about. So next time, next thing on the list to talk about today is let's get in to some news and notes. Some a little bit of around the horn, if you will. Right, so as always, we got a good round of news and notes. Uh, so let's start with some World Series fun facts. I want to give you guys some fun facts about the World Series, what we've seen so far through two games. We've already seen some pretty cool stuff happen. So Blake Snell is the first pitcher since Roger Clemens. Remember that guy? In 2000, so 20 years ago with nine-plus strikeouts and two or fewer hits allowed. Man, that is ridiculous. That is awesome. 20 years, this is the first time we've seen that. Incredible. Hats off to you, Blake Snell. Next, Ray's rookie sensation, Randy Arozarena. I am finally able to say your name because I've heard it enough. That's what happens when you're good and you're great and you're killing it. Randy Arozarena, he is now tied with the captain, Derek Jeter, for most hits in a postseason by a rookie. Hats off to you, Randy Arozarena. Game three, you're taking the record, and you're not going to look back. Congratulations, man. Uh, I don't know you. I would love to. I'd love to be friends. So if anyone knows anyone in the Rays that can get me in contact with Randy or Rosarina, we'll have him on the podcast. I would love, love, love to meet this guy and talk with him. The last, another part of history, another part of the history lesson is the Rays pitching staff is tied now for the MLB record for most strikeouts over the first two games of 26, tying the 1929 Philadelphia Athletics. This stat blew my mind. That has been almost 100 years since in two games there were 26 strikeouts by a pitching staff in the first two games. Awesome. Uh, and a little bit of Dodgers facts. These have all been very race-heavy for good reason. They're a very good team. The Dodgers were the first team to have seven different pitchers record at least three outs in a nine-inning World Series game in game two. So, 
pretty cool. Pretty cool. Not going to lie. Um, so we also saw Thursday the Gold Glove finalists announced. I'm pretty excited. I saw my boy J.P. Crawford also. Connection to the Mariners. Get me connected with him, please. I would love to have J.P. Crawford or my man Evan White, who I've been watching since he's been in the Mariners organization. My favorite first baseman. Solid glove. Bat will come around. Give him time. Give him another full season. This guy is going to be good. We finally found Nancher at first base. So if you know anyone in the Mariners organization that can get me connected to these two, please do. love to talk to them. Anyways, so Gold Glove announced lots of high-caliber guys. We'll see what happens, but I'm really excited for the finalists. And these guys are all great in the field. So it's no no doubt that these guys are the ones. So um, congrats to two of my favorite players as we're talking about awards. We see a lot of these coming out. The Twins outfielder Nelson Cruz, Big Nelly, Braves, Freddie Freeman, or MV Free, as I call him a lot of this season, won the top honors in the 2020 Players' Choice Awards presented by Tops. So great seasons to both of those guys. I love both these players. They're awesome. So if you know connections, Twins, Braves, to get me to these two, love to talk to them. Uh, the Pirates have interviewed Don Kelly. Oh, no, Pirates coach Don Kelly interviewed for the Boston Red Sox opening. Uh, he's also a candidate for the Tigers job. Uh, the White, the not White Sox, Red Sox have also interviewed Cubs coach Will Venable, Dodgers coach George Lombard. Alex Cora is also in the mix here. Not surprising. Uh, and he's viewed as one of the favorites in the organization and by fans to have the job. So awesome. I Baseball move here. It's a baseball move. Thinking baseball. God, take my personal feelings out. Great baseball move for the Red Sox. They need a strong manager to help kind of turn this team back around. Utility man, Josh Harrison, has re-signed with the Washington Nationals on a one-year, $1 million deal with $250,000 in incentives. Good move for the Nationals. Good move for Josh Harrison so he can keep playing. Braves general manager, Anthopoulos. I don't know how to say his name. They hope to re-sign Marcelo Zuna. Ozuna was a huge part of what the Braves did in 2020. I would love for him to stay in Atlanta for a few more years. He just fits there. He's a really good fit for this team. I think they're going to try to get him re-signed and keep him paired with Acuna and Freeman and keep this team competitive. Uh, starting pitcher Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies did undergo a fingernail resection procedure on his right hand. He should be ready by spring. He's had lingering issues with that fingernail. We saw in 2020 where he almost had to have it removed and miss the rest of the season. He was able to work through that. So this should just help him long-term have a solution to that. Uh, Pirates pitcher Luis Perdomo underwent Tommy John surgery. We will see him in 2022. Uh, the Mariners pitchers Matt McGill, Carl Edwards Jr., Nestor Cortez Jr. all elected free agency after being ending the season on the IL. So not shocked there. Uh, the Rangers did also claim Mariners pitcher Art Warren. So... I mean, not surprising that those three elected free agency for a better shot elsewhere as they were all coming off injuries. And the Mariners obviously didn't want to resign them. The Mariners now have seven open spots on the 40-man roster. And 
before I go too far into this one, I'm going to be coming out with it in my opinion on this. We'll be talking it in probably its own episode. But MLB Commissioner Robert Manfred did say he hopes to keep the expanded playoff format that we saw. There's a lot of pros and cons. There's a lot to unpack here. But I'm going to do it for you guys. It's going to be kind of a new, hopefully, adding in to my in my opinion stuff. And then coming out later, that we'll talk about in podcasts and whatnot, going into the winter, I want to have what's called ball, ball boy talk, uh, which is with me. And kind of going over trade rumors, reacting to trades, signing, speculation, things like that. So it's kind of ball boy talk. It's going to be very, in my opinion, related. But in my opinion, ball boy talk are going to be pretty much in in, in line with each other. Um, that's when I'm going to talk, you know, kind of just different opinions and whatnot. Of course, there will still be posts about that same stuff, so you can read it if you're not listening yet. So please do that. And I want to lead into today's yearly review of the um, St. Louis Cardinals with this piece of news. Uh, Yadier Molina, catcher, Hall of Famer, is looking for a two-year deal. With He didn't say with who. He's open to signing with a new team if that keeps his career going, as we saw three years ago when he re-signed with the Cardinals. Um, kind of just seeing what happens. We'll wait and see what happens here. Really, the biggest question for me is what do they do? Do they go younger? Do they stick with their... 17, 18-year vet, face of the franchise, icon, Hall of Famer, and let him finish his career where it started. I hope so. We rarely see this, and that's just a feel-good story. Over the last two seasons, we've seen some injuries for Yadier Molina. We've seen a decline in production, but still above average for catchers. Uh, he's set to a 268, 310, 388 slash line the last two years. So it's still solid bat, but not as great as his peak. I mean, he's been in the league for 17 years. He has a lot of miles, a lot of time. And with older age comes production, except for Nelson Cruz. So Yachty trained with Nelson Cruz. Um, but no, he's still throughout 31.7 attempted base dealers, which is above average. He did have a 13.5 strikeout rate which is lower than the league average but in his career he's averaged nine to ten percent so quite a bit higher for him to this point this season he had a 78.1 contact rate which is the weakest of his career and a 12 percent swinging strike rate was also a career high so advanced metrics and kind of digging going a little bit deeper to his stats show that he's on the decline He's aging. He's slowing down. I don't know what the money's going to look like for Yadier Molina, no matter where he signs. He'll be good. He'll be above average. He'll give you what you want for the season. But the franchise has 25-year-old Andrew Nitzer, who has not shown well at the MLB level, but he hasn't really had a chance. Further down the pipeline is 20-year-old Ivan Herrera, who could be in the mix by 2022. That's his expected time to be in the majors. So... Next year will be a big season for both these guys in their opportunities, no matter where they're at, and really show what the Cardinals need to see. If they give them a one-and-one kind of deal, a one-plus-a-club option, I can kind of see that's where it's going more so than anything else is going to be that one-and-one. One. So, of course, 
let's jump over to the Cardinals yearly review here. Going off of the Yadier Molina news, we have seen the Cardinals, you know, be a good team. So where are we at here? What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, I talked about a bunch of recap in this post. So what, what moves did the Cardinals make in 2020? Uh, they finished as a 30-28 and 28 record. They made the postseason. Granted, they only played 58 games, so they didn't get a full 60 in. Um, they did battle COVID early in the season among several other teams. We saw a great season from Adam Wainwright. You know, just vintage. Uh, but they didn't have anything substantial moves through the season. Uh, we loved what we saw from Adam Wainwright. Good old Waino, 39. Yachty's 38. Both had really good seasons. The talent of the Redbirds that they have in Flattery. Um, Hung Swan Kim, Daniel Hudson, Edmund. They have a lot of really good, talented pitching. Putting it together and showing that this can, is going to be a team that's going to be hard to hit against, especially their rotation showing to be really good. We saw Goldschmidt finally put together a decent season at the plate. I mean, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been as expected since the Cardinals saw him. So we also saw Colton Wong. He also had an excellent season offensively. Uh, we love seeing Tyler O'Neill come around with the power bat, hitting those seven home runs. He's also a gold glove finalist. So that's awesome. Us in the Mariners organization really miss Tyler O'Neill. But we got Marco Gonzalez, so it's all worked out. Um, wish we still had O'Neill, though. But we have Kyle Lewis and so many other prospects. Regardless, we're talking about the Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, the pitching the pitching staff overall was very good. Very good performances. Uh, what we didn't love, of course, was the team's 238 batting average. 477 strikeouts as a team. The offense struggled their way to that 30 and 28 record. They probably should have finished a little bit lower at like a 30 30, but you know, those two games. We didn't love how tight this division looks going forward and the Cardinals being in the position they're in. Do they build? Do they go all out? You got the Reds, the Cubs, the Brewers all made the playoffs along with the Cardinals. Um, and there was. No, there was no separation between those three teams, the Cardinals, the the Reds, Brewers. They were neck and neck all season. And we didn't love how they lost in the wild card round. But, I mean, that's kind of the season they had. Wainwright looked great. So now we're kind of just waiting um, to see what's going to happen going into 2021. Uh, If they want to compete further, they either need to say, yes, Wainwright, we want you back another year. Give us all you got. Let's let this be the last last run. They're in a good spot with Jake Flattery, Kwang Hwan Kim. Both showed really well this season, especially Kim. I picked him up after like a second or third spot in my fantasy league, and he was fantastic just all year. They With four of these five teams in this division being contenders, the Cardinals need more pitching, especially in their bullpen. They will need Andrew Knitzer, Knitzer to really show up to replace Yachty if he moves on or if they don't bring him back. So getting someone else behind him, there is a good amount of depth in the, 
catching market that's going to be signable or attainable. Um, so they definitely need to go after someone there with their, their team is looking good with their infield being pretty much solid with Goldie, Wong, DeJong, Edmund, all around the diamond. They're looking strong, finding good veteran depth to help this team, um, helping get Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, putting it together in the outfield with their bats, their gloves, their speed. These these two are really good, and they can really show this team and be a good middle-of-the-lineup threat after Goldsmith, DeJong, and Wong. So I highly, highly recommend um, watching these names right here, De- Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. That's where the key lays for the Cardinals in those two. They need to contribute, and they need to get on base more, and they need to strike out a lot less. Of course, I'm just saying that I've never I've never seen 90 mile an hour fastball shift to the batting stage for fun. But literally, you have about half a second to three quarters of a second to decide where that ball is going and how you're going to swing and where you're going to swing at it. So it's tough. These guys are talented. So, But basically, they need to get some vet depth, veteran talent depth, some death pieces, some mentors into these spots to really help these this youth get over those hurdles and get, get out of those slumps. Um, also extend Colton Wong and Paul Dijon, please. Cardinals, you guys, you need these guys. They're the bread and butter of this team and they need to be kept around if you guys want to stay competitive in this tough central division. So the biggest takeaway for me from 2020 for the Cardinals is they're, to me, they're the, they're the NL version of the Oakland A's where they just have this system in place where they're just good. They spend a bit more money, but they're just so good. They're always in it, no matter what. I It's been years since I've heard the team be be bad. This team just isn't a bad team. They never have been. I don't know if they ever will be. So keep an eye out for these guys. They're going to be competitive, especially if any if, when Trevor Bauer leaves the Reds. That's a huge step down. If they break up the band in Chicago. That's another step up the standing for them. So we could be looking at the number one team in the division come next year, depending on what happens this winter. So do keep an eye on them. So to wrap it up, I do just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for giving me your energy, your good vibes. Thank you for, you know, sharing this. Just thank you. Thank you so much. Goodbye.